This is the Sticks and Stacks podcast with Sean Drotar and Jen Piacenti. Welcome to Sticks and Stacks on the Sawdust Podcast Network. My name is Sean Drotar, your host, S. Drotar, that's S-D-R-O-T-A-R. On Twitter, we are going to focus on the American League. Of course, this podcast you'll hear doing hockey and baseball, you know, the whole sticks idea thing but it is baseball season as well as the hockey playoffs and there are some very intriguing opening months here that have gone by in april and now in may starting to see some of the teams separate out a bit so we bring in my co-host for baseball jennifer piacenti you can follow her on twitter at jen piacenti that's p-i-a-c-e-n-t-i how's it going jen it's going great, Sean. We got a little bit of an early pod this week, but you know, it's it's fun to mix it up a little bit. Yeah, and there are some really interesting games. Like I said, we're going to stick in the AL today because there are some pretty fascinating matchups. Uh, when you're looking at the way that the the league has started off, you know, you have three winning teams in the AL East. You have three winning teams, or at least 500 teams, in the Central. If you count the Guardians, we'll get to them later. And in the West, there are two. But there are some other teams that have been underachieving a bit and the couple that maybe have been overachieving a bit. Now, I'm not talking about you, Orioles, even though only four under 500 for you guys is actually pretty good. But we'll take a look at a couple different ones today and we'll start in Detroit, where the Tigers, who have all of a sudden gone ice cold at home, host the Oakland A's and uh, the pitching matchup. It's fair unless you're a really big baseball fan. You, either of the guys that are going today, they could probably be sitting in your living room and you wouldn't know who they are. A hundred percent. And by the way, I just want to give a shout out to the Detroit Tigers social media team and their Twitter, um, who hilariously tweeted after they scored a run that they breaking news, we've scored a run. And then they <laughs> went on to pile on and beat the o- Oakland Athletics, shutting them out six to nothing the other day. So congratulations to the Detroit Tigers social media team who reversed the jinx or, or however you want to say it. But Yeah, like you said, today, let's face it, this game is basically a coin flip, right? The A's are 12 and 19. The Tigers are 19 and 12. They will be at home at Comerica Park. So the one interesting thing is here that the Tigers are favored minus 125, or as on the money line, you can get the A's for plus 105. So you can probably feel where I'm going with this, Sean. In a game where it's pretty much a coin flip, I like getting the plus money for the A's. Let's break it down a little bit more. As you said, probably both teams are essentially going to end up pitching a bullpen game, right? You've got lefty Zach Logue going for the A's. He's one and one with the 2.84 ERA, has had a couple of starts, and he'll get the start for the A's, so a little bit more experience there. But the Tigers have seen, are going to see the MLB debut of lefty Joey Wentz. So we have no idea what what Joey's going to be like at the major league level. He was okay at minor league, but this is more of a situation where they just need him today, right, because of their schedule. Neither pitcher should have a really long leash here, and both bullpens are actually very strong. But Detroit's bullpen actually, believe it or not, is potentially elite, which is a little a little surprising. So I think that this rookie may give up a little bit, a few runs, and then the, the bullpen will come in and, and be pretty tight. Um, who I'm watching in this game, Austin Meadows, who's batting right. 318 versus left-handed pitching, and Sheldon Noisy, who's been a nice surprise this season, batting 310 versus left-handed pitching and hitting safely in six of his last seven games with a stolen base. Now, overall, what we know here, 
Oakland and Detroit are two of the three lowest scoring teams in the league, Kansas City being the other. And this is the fourth in a four-game series between these two squads, and none of these game totals has exceeded seven. So the Tigers are getting the home field advantage on the bump. They generally hit lefters, lefties better than the A's, but I'd still rather take the plus money for the A's, who's got a starter with a little bit more major league experience. So the two bets I'm eyeing up in this game, A's on the money line, plus 105, and then I'm leaning towards the under here because I do think this will end up being a patchwork game with pretty decent bullpens. So I'm taking the under on seven and a half runs scored. Yeah, under all day for me. I mean, these teams uh, have had some very low scoring games. Look, the under is seven and a half. They've scored, played three games already. Right. None of them have seen gotten past six. And these teams can't hit. In the last 10 games, the Tigers as a team are batting 202. That's actually good. The A's are batting 173 <laughs> over that span. I, I know that the batting average is low across the, the league in the early part of the year. But, I mean, that is horrific. I mean, you have a team, two teams that, you know, could barely uh, – one can barely crack the Mendoza line, and the other hasn't even done that, and they're coming up pretty short in their last 10 games. So how these guys get to, to, to eight runs, I, have, I wouldn't have the slightest idea. So, you know, I don't love paying the juice, but on a 110 just to take the under – Boy, I feel that's about as safe a bet as I'll make all day. If I'm looking for a one player that I do like is sort of in the DFS world, uh, not necessarily in the betting world because the numbers don't necessarily pan out for him, would be Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy this year already has 15 extra base hits. They are mostly doubles, 10 doubles, triple, four homers, 15 ribbies on the year. But 15 extra base hits is pretty impressive. So if you're talking about someone who isn't going to cost you a ton but finds a way to get the occasional uh, double or triple and, and get you a little bit of extra points that way, that's a pretty good fit. So I kind of look at Murphy there as an opportunity to, to have a good performance but you're right the Detroit bullpen is good which is just another reason why goodness gracious the mm -hmm. the under being at seven and a half I'm not sure I wouldn't take it if it wasn't five and a half that's that <laughs> one's cake uh under all day for me on that one that's as easy as they get because these two teams can't score can't hit can't score you it, that's just the way it goes. There are a couple better teams going off in Minnesota in which the Houston Astros visit the Minnesota Twins. The Astros, by the way, uh, winners of eight straight, as Jen, you well know. That's right. So they'll be looking to make it nine. They're sending Jose Arquiti to the bump. He's got a two and one record with a four point five six ERA. And the Twins will be rolling with Chris Archer. As you mentioned, the Astros on an eight-game game win streak. They're looking to keep it going. Last night, they shut out the Twins. Uh, eight innings of one-hit ball from Justin Verlander. So, of course, Justin Verlander is not going tonight. But what that does mean is that the bullpen will be very fresh. Now, um, Jose Urquidy's no Justin Verlander. <laughs> he can uh, definitely no. give up a few knocks. But he doesn't walk men. And also, the Twins are not 100% healthy. Got a couple of rookies there in the lineup. You know, so I, I think they'll get a couple knocks off Urquidy, but it won't be too bad. On the other side, Chris Archer's ERA a little bit misleading. He's struggled with command, and he's yet to pitch more than four innings. But that means the Twins are going to go to their pin. And actually, the Twins have been the best uh, reliever relievers in baseball across the past two weeks of play. Um, Houston's pin has been the third best. So, you know, again, I think this could end up being a little bit of a bullpen game. And so for that reason, I'm yet again taking the under on eight and a half runs scored in this game. 
listen to this number. On average for the season, the Twins are scoring 3.90 runs per game, while the Astros are scoring 3.93. So right there, that comes to under eight. But here's what's even more interesting. Astros games have only exceeded eight and a half runs eight times this season, and the Twins have exceeded that number 12 times. So that means uh, they're hitting the over in only 20 of 60 games played. So it, it's it looks like it's two to one odds that the under is going to hit here, even though you're getting minus 110. So I am taking the under in this game. I think Houston wins it, but uh, I don't want to take them on the run line. Players to watch here. Gordon Alvarez, third highest average exit velocity in the league and the second highest hard hit rate. Seven of his eight home runs have come off right-handed pitching, so he is always one to be a threat for the long ball. Jose Altuve has hit safely in six of eight games since returning from the IL. Three home runs in that period. And then on the other side, Gio Urshela has Two hits in only two at-bats versus Urquidy, and one of them was a home run. So we see Urquidy well. And remember, Urshela was the guy that broke up Verlander's no-hitter last night. Yeah, these these are teams, again, that you point out they're not particularly going to be uh, high-scoring teams in this case. There's a little bit of wobbliness there. I, I, I kind of like the under. But at the same time, you are talking about some, some pitchers that, that – are a little unpredictable. I, I can see either of these guys having a good game. I can see either of these guys having kind of an underwhelming game. I do like the under, like you said, that makes some sense. But I, I kind of feel in this particular one, I'm going to go a little bit differently than what you're doing. The presumption, of course, is that the Astros will keep it going and get to nine. Look, a nine-game winning streak is pretty hard to do. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, the Twins would love to have Carlos Correa play Based on the injured list yesterday, that bruised right middle finger is still not ready to go. Uh, That's retroactive to last Friday. But when these games look to be roughly a 50-50 game, and the truth is that this one is as well, given the fact that the pitching staff doesn't really heavily favor either side, one side of that has plus money, and that side's the home team, and that's the Twins. So I'm not going to go nuts on it. The, the bet I love is the one you have, and that's the under again. But if I'm going to take one of these teams on the money line, rather than pay that juice for the Astros, I'm going to maybe put uh, a lesser amount, maybe a half unit instead, on that money line for the Twins. Any particular baseball game, and when you're talking about 162-game season, they're a little hard to predict unless the pitchers are dominant. Now, if you're talking about one of the greats versus an average team, then it obviously changes pretty dramatically. So in this case, for 105, I'll put a little bit on the Twins and see how it goes, but I'm with you. I would like to go with that under, and of course, if you actually look all around at the other bets for this game, everybody else seems to be assuming that. When you're looking at the innings totals, when you're looking at uh, strikeout totals, when you're looking at virtually everything, the expectation is this will be a low-scoring game. So to have that under at uh, eight and a half to me is pretty surprising so i'll definitely take that but why not i'll I'll play contrarian today maybe the twins get it done if they're going to have a chance he's probably the guy they're going to have to get over he has given up four runs already in 25 innings of course archer's given up five in his 19 but the lack of strikeouts i think gives the twins a puncher's chance so while i'm not in love with it, I will take the plus money, get to 105, and take the Twins on the money line today. Well, 
I will say I do not disagree with you. You may notice I did not say I was going to bet on the Astros um, because it is hard to keep that kind of a winning streak going. I do think they will win, but also I am an Astros fan. Full full transparency, right? Um, And the Twins are a pretty evenly matched team so far. So when I get plus money and the Twins are at home, right? Right. Um, So, yeah, if I were going to put money on it uh, and I were agnostic, if you will, (laughs) then I I would bet on the twins. And so that's why my safest bet here. So I feel like I'm not betting against my team and I can still root for them is the under. Of course, I would love to see a ton of runs scored. uh, But, yes, I, I, I don't disagree with you at all, Sean. I think that a bet on the twins is probably a pretty smart bet. Yeah, when you look at over uh, at ESPN and they put analytics together on on any particular game, the expectation for a Minnesota win is around 53%, which is you know about what you expect for any home game in an average baseball game. But the simple math is if you're getting plus money on the team that is better than 50% to win, well, that's probably the right bet. And you're right. I, I like the point you, you bring up, Jen, that sometimes, look, everyone has a favorite team. Otherwise, you know, you wouldn't be interested in sports, right. certainly not betting in it. And you do want to try to take your biases out of it. And sometimes uh, at the same time, you want to make sure that you use your expertise as a fan. It's probably the team you're the most familiar with. Uh, for example, I'm out in Colorado. So my presumption, though, is to bet against the Rockies because I have been in Colorado long enough to know better. But in many of the cases with whatever team you intend to follow, it, it is obviously a lot of fun to bet on your team. You know the most about it. And sometimes that's the right choice. Take the wins and losses out of the equation. Take a look at what your team does with their pitchers, with their offense, and then maybe go with that over or under. It's a better way to have a little bit of fun with your team without feeling like you're betraying your fandom, exactly. which is very, very real. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it, it's something that I end up dealing with a lot of the time with, with fans talking about, but I, I wanted to cheer for my favorite team and I totally get it. But you also want to make sure when you're putting money on the line that you're doing the right thing. And that's the best way to split the difference. Just think about the matchup goes, find the over under, find a strikeout prop, something like that, that you're comfortable with. That way you can still use your knowledge as a fan, but you don't have to necessarily throw that out, but you also don't have to feel like you're, you're betting against your your guys. So there is a good way to split the difference there. The other team, of course, that is interesting from my perspective growing up uh, in Colorado is the team that I ended up watching before the Colorado Rockies came to town. That would be the Kansas City Royals. And so welcome to my world. They're also <laughs> so this is how it goes for, for me. Uh, the, so you can imagine why I'm a little cynical when looking at these two teams. When I look at my NL team and my AL team, they will be heading to Texas to take on the Rangers. Uh, it's, it's always a good game when you have, you know, Matt Bush is coming onto the hill for the Rangers and the Royals uh, literally as a look at this recording time are pitching undecided. That's Correct. generally bad. It's generally bad, and it's exactly why we're going to go bold today and take the Rangers on the run line minus one and a half for a plus one five five payday. And a lot of it has to do with that, right? They have a TBA, and guess what? They have one of the worst bullpens in the league. Across the past two weeks, their bullpen has an ERA of 4.25. We've seen them blow up a lot late in games. They're going to have to cobble this one together. Meanwhile, the Rangers at least have a starter. Okay, maybe he's not amazing, 4.09 ERA, but we're talking about a Royals team that's only scoring an average of three runs per game. So I think Matt Bush can keep that together long enough until they get to the Texas Rangers bullpen. 
who has been the second best in the league with an ERA of only 2.13 across the past two weeks. Now, most notably, a really important thing happened yesterday, and that is that Corey Seager homered for the first time this season last night, but not only once, he did it twice. So if Corey Seager can stay hot at home and we have a Royals essentially bullpen game. I'm going to go bold here and say the Rangers can do this at home by a margin of two or more and cross my fingers and hope we can get that big plus one five five payout. Yeah, uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. I get it. You know, but this is another one of those where I, I take a look at it and Boy, I guess I am being sitting today. I'm picking the under again because an under eight and a half, uh, the mm-hmm. Royals are having a tough time scoring. Obviously, the Rangers, as you pointed out, you know, Seager uh, got those got those home runs last night. There's uh, some punch there. But at the same time, uh, the Rangers aren't an offensive juggernaut either. And an under one and a half. Yeah, I get it. I'm, I'm paying the juice again. But at an under eight and a half, I don't love that either. The beauty of it is, as I'll tell you where I'm skipping ahead here. My negativity regarding the offensive potential of these games, I'm going to make it pay off in my own way because I'm taking all three of those unders and I'm putting them together at a parlay. Mm-hmm. And over at DraftKings, just picking those three unders, and it's not exactly heavy, heavy favorites, gets me to a plus 554. That one to me, okay, that, that works just fine for a three three game under parlay. Do it. Under is expected in each of them. That's going to be my bet for today. That's going to be the big one. I love the under with the A's and Tigers, but I actually love, and I very rarely say this, I love a parlay is my favorite bet of the day, as long as they stay small. I, I love, love that. I want a big old uh, victory lap uh, tweet when you win this tonight, because I, <laughs> I can definitely see that On happening. my robust three-game right. parlay. I mean, Rangers are averaging four runs per game. Royals are averaging three runs per game right there. That's seven, you know, attack an extra run in there. But, you know, it's that's that's good, right? I, I think good. so for, for only like three it. games. And when I put together parlays, you know, obviously you're trying to get it to get in plus money, but I always avoid the temptation to go with something crazy. I know you'll see something on social media about the one person who picked the exact number of points that four basketball players played in the yeah. NBA playoffs and you hit it and I get it. They got a 200,000 to one, but, um, there's a reason those those books like to tweet those out because they want right. you to try that because right. for every person those bet those odds are two hundred thousand to one for a reason for every person who puts the one in two hundred thousand people lose so you know that's not a good way to do it when I build the parlays I like to keep them pretty small uh, three four even two if it gets me into plus money and so I like to stop right there get to plus money something you feel comfortable with and go ahead and stop there but in this case when there's three that I like and I'm picking on the three most likely outcomes. Then I get the plus 500 range. Sure, I'm in. But I don't want to go nuts with it, and I don't want to start tempting you and go, oh, Sean loves parlays. Go crazy. I'm not advocating that. They are fun, and you want to throw a quarter unit here and there, knock yourself out. But they're not a recipe to win, as they uh, as they say. Uh, you know, bets, build wallets, parlays, build casinos. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> So that's the way I'll be looking at it today. Of course, we do a little bit of this. Make sure you're following Jen on Twitter, of course, at Jen Piacenti. That's P-I-A-C-E-N-T-I. Everything she's putting together in this space, and there is a lot of it. So make sure you give her a follow for all of the details with both betting and DFS. Uh, She's all over it. My name is Sean Drotar. You can follow me if you'd like it. S-D-R-O. 
T-A-R, and this is what we do right here on Sticks and Stacks. It is baseball season. Love getting together with you and talking a little bit of baseball, even if my teams are horrible. I still love baseball. <laughs> and, of course, that's what betting's for, right? Keeps it interesting, even if your exactly teams right. aren't that good. And I can't believe we went through this whole podcast and you didn't bet on the uh, uh, on the Astros. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm freaked I out. I didn't. I didn't. And in fact, I even took the under, uh, which is probably not saying that much about the Astros. But hey, let's let's just cross our fingers because uh, we could both win if if the Astros don't win. Well, you're probably (laughs) right because you're usually right. So make sure, like I said, you give Jen a follow. Uh, This is what we do here. And we hope that uh, you've enjoyed it. Uh, Go ahead and hit hit that subscribe button if you have. It's somewhere near where you hit play, depending on what you're listening to at the moment. But uh, everyone who has subscribed, thank you so much. Uh, We look forward to doing this all the time with you. And we will be back at it soon enough. Jen, appreciate all the feedback. My pleasure. And we will be back soon with more bets. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Thanks for listening to Sticks and Stacks on the Sawdust Podcast Network.